Sage is fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? (laughs) Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMVU.org, Many Voices United, and the RadioFreeNetwork.com. And now, some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage the Rage Lewis. What the heck is the world coming to? A radio station has actually agreed to transmit my pirate signal. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is a new era. Um, most people are like, uh, look, Sage, just do your thing on Facebook or wherever you do your thing. But, uh, we're good over here in the real world, but not anymore. WMVU has given me my own show. (laughs) That is the most insane thing I can possibly imagine. I just, I like, I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't believe somebody was like, yeah, man, uh, that'd be great. Do a show on homelessness. Like, really? Me? You want me to do a show on, on, on your radio? <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, let's do that. So that's it. My name is Sage. And I am coming to you from WMVU. Uh, I am a homeless activist. Uh, I've been that for not too terribly long. I'd say four years or so. And we'll get into my background. And, you know, I don't want to divulge, give away all the fun surprises. But I think... It's fair to say I know something about homelessness. I've never been homeless myself. I'll say that. So that. Uh, some of my homeless friends kind of, you know, are a little, you know, sometimes they're like, what do you know about homelessness? You've never been homeless. And that's true. Um, I did uh, have a pretty serious alcohol issue. Uh, and sometimes that I have in common with them. But there are other things that I have done that I would say give me some sort of at least perspective on homelessness in, I think, America. I'm, I'm coming to you from Akron, Ohio, which does not have um, the massive... You know, just tsunami of homelessness in places like L.A. or Seattle or New York City. Uh, But it is a microcosm of homelessness. And while the, the, the numbers are not representative of some of those massive places, which I think can play a role, the situation is very similar. Um, and in a way, in certain in, in, in certain ways, I think 
that homeless hate is even more pronounced in what we would call a Rust Belt city. I think Akron's a Rust Belt city. <laughs> I don't know. I think. I don't know. We're south of Cleveland, Ohio, about 30, 40 miles. That's definitely a Rust Belt city. Uh, and so I think there's a lot of embarrassment going on in uh, these Rust Belt cities because they were once great uh, manufacturing empires, you know, Detroit and Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And uh, Akron was the home of rubber. We uh, manufactured Goodyear tires, among other tires. And uh, the only tires we manufacture now in Akron, per se, are racing tires. We still manufacture those. Um, I don't know why. I guess maybe because it turns out Americans make good products. <laughs> we just don't make cheap products. And uh, it turns out cheap is really the bar for all things in America. And... I mean, rightfully so. Nobody has any money. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, when you don't have any money, you got to go with cheap things. So you can't really blame the consumer. I mean, you've seen these, you've seen these graphs about how billionaires are skyrocketing with their you know, profits, but the average American hasn't seen a raise in... Who knows how long? We can get into that, too. So there's so much I want to talk to you about um, homelessness. And, I, you know, we're already five minutes in. And if you've gone this far, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing that you're still here. Um, so for me, homelessness is a... Um, it's a symbol of America overall, you know? It is a microcosm, an augmented, distorted, dystopian microcosm of America. And um, the things that are going on in homelessness are, you can see the parallels in um, all segments of American society. Um, they, they manifest themselves in different ways, but they come from the same foundational principles of um, judgment of other people, you know, I think is ultimately it. We're, we're if nothing else, highly judgmental people, Americans. <laughs> Right? I'm not I mean, if you wanna if you wanna stereotype an entire country, judgmental is a fairly accurate assessment of what an American is. I right? I mean, have you ever been on Facebook? <laughs> everybody is an expert at everything, and everybody else is some sort of tard. And I know 
now you're shocked. You're like, oh my gosh, he said the ta- he said tard. Uh, I don't know what I'm allowed to say on this radio station. I, you know, I can't believe that I'm I'm actually here. So I mean, I don't know. Am I allowed to swear? I like to swear. It's like the only thing I have left. Lipton tea and swearing. I've given up everything else because I'm too addicted to everything else. That's all I get is swearing and Lipton tea. Occasionally a Diet Coke if I've been a good boy. <laughs> but I don't know. Am I allowed to swear here? I don't know. Um, you know, look, you've heard it. Libtards. Bootlicker is one that they like to uh, chastise Trump supporters with. Uh, We're great at name-calling. We have a long history of name-calling other people. Shall we, we, you know, am I allowed to say the words? I mean, I definitely will never, ever say the N-word. I know that's for a fact. But you remember these words like, what, spick, wetback? I don't even know who these people are. Uh, Guinea, you know, I mean, we're amazing uh, name callers in America. We come up with clever, clever ways to berate and belittle other people. (laughs) Are other countries as good as that as we are? I mean, like, name calling American citizens is American as, like, apple pie and meth. (laughs) I mean, is anybody else doing as much meth in the world as Americans are? I mean, meth's got to be more popular than apple pie right now, right? I mean, come on. When was the last time you had an apple pie? For real. I got a lot of friends that have done a lot of meth. (laughs) We love our drugs. I mean, look, like, watch those shows, Narcos. You watch that show, Narcos? We buy all the drugs. We buy them all. Because we're all so freaked out over here in America. Everybody's doing drugs. Well, not everybody, of course, but... I mean, if you want to sell drugs, you come to America because we're buying them. We buy them all. (laughs) I mean, drugs are definitely more American than apple pie at this point in time, right? Guns and drugs. Guns and drugs. <laughs> and name-calling other nationalities. See, it's already off the rails. We're in 10 minutes. It's already, it's already off the rails. I actually, believe it or not, have a point. We're a wreck. We are, we are a psychological wreck of a country. We are go-it-alone, whatever you call it, you know, like rugged individualism, rugged individualism. That is, the American way has made us insane. And because we're rugged individualists, we are too manly, even the women are too manly. And I use that in a derogatory way of representing manly. We're too manly to go to therapists So we do what every other manly man does. We suck it up, swallow it, and get... Oh, see, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. We get all 
drunk and high. I guess, like, did I hear this? I'm going to say things that I have no factual proof about because I'm too lazy to Google. I'm looking at Google right now. I can't be Googling all day. I think I heard on another radio show that, like, we're at an all-time high of obesity right now. I think Mississippi has the highest rate of obesity. Uh, interestingly, Colorado has the lowest amount of obesity, but I, you know, now they got marijuana. I think everybody should have marijuana. I think it should grow on the side of the street. You should grow it everywhere. It's not great. I mean, it's not like a psychedelic. It doesn't like transcend your life and make you think deeper thoughts, but at least it's not alcohol. Oh, my Lord. Is there any drug more deadly than alcohol? I think not. Is there any drug that is more likely to make you want to kill your spouse and throw your kids in an oil well? <laughs> Did you see that on Netflix? Did you see that guy? He, like, killed his wife and then took his two little girls and threw them in an oil well. I... I <laughs> We're insane over here. We're crazed. And so, like, <laughs> there's more guns. There's more guns than people in America, I think, at this point. Isn't there? I, I'm just going to say things. I don't know. You Google it. You tell me. <laughs> That's how I'm going to learn. You fact check me, and then I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I totally missed that point. The concept is right, okay? We are disturbed people, Americans are. I can't comment about other, Amer other, 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 other nationalities, other countries. I don't know. The, you know, people in Norway, they look happy. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been there. I just spent my whole life in middle America, and we are messed up. We have so many conflicting, uh, you know, we have this like go it, around, go it alone rugged individualism and then we are just like, like just rattled to our core with anxiety and depression and, 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 and addiction. And so... What happens is people go, they crash through all the safety nets of American society, which, if you don't have a family, are, like, almost none. Like, I don't know. There's, like, a saran wrap, uh, uh, you know, I think there's, like, a bounty quicker picker upper towel laid down somewhere that you can, like, if you're not going too fast through, you know, in your, in your, uh, uh, free fall of, of desperation, you might get picked up a little bit. Like we have like some unemployment for a while. What else do we have? Food stamps. If you have an identification, maybe you can get some food stamps. Uh, what else do you get? I, I don't know. Uh, not much, I'll tell you. There's not a lot out there, and both parties, Democrat and Republican, both love to cut back on 
services. They love it. They love law and order, and they love cutting back on services like welfare, mental health, addiction. They love it. It's what voters want because voters are people that are living fairly uh, okay lives. If you're voting, you have enough mental space in your life to care about politics. A whole lot of people do not have that mental space in their life because what they're worried about is getting their water turned back on. They're worried about uh, not getting evicted. Now they're worried about their kids' distance learning with computers and Internet. I mean, these are not people that have the mental space to be worried about politics. They're just trying to survive. And so the people that have the mental space to do that are not in those lower uh, levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. They're in a, uh, an area where they can think about things bigger than themselves, you know? And so, of course, they don't need mental health treatment. They don't need welfare. They don't need food stamps. And so, you know, like, okay, so, look, I Googled. I Googled. The bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is uh, physiological needs, like air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction. Now, what you got to know is you cannot go to the next level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs if you haven't met the bottom level, okay? You can't work on self-actualization if you're freezing to death and starving to death. Do you feel me? Okay? So that's the first level. Air, water, food, shelter, sleep. I want to talk about sleep. Clothing and reproduction. Safety needs is the next. Believe it or not, safety is a luxury. Safety is personal security, employment, resources, health, and property. Okay? That's where a lot of people live. Okay? That's, that's where what I like to, you know, I like to, uh, you know, I, 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 I like the phrase wage slave. I like that because that's pretty accurate. You are beholden to your employer for health care, for your wages, and um, that falls into safety. And so if you start thinking about this, you can kind of sort of see trends, right? So you are treading water. You're generally treading water in the safety world. In the physiological needs, you are not treading water. You are drowning, okay? I would like to make the, the Maslow hierarchy you need with, like, like, people in water, okay? People in water in the physiological needs section are, they do not have a 
life raft. They do not have one of those little round buoy things. And they can't even barely swim. Okay? They're in the middle of an ocean, drowning. That is what a homeless person is. Okay? That's where they live. And, may I say, many poor people. They're living in houses where they barely can afford the utilities, the rent, and they're always in threat of being evicted with nowhere to go because, as if you recall what I was saying before, there are virtually no safety nets. Okay? So, when I, there are many people in the physiological needs basement level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and they don't have time to vote. They don't have time to register to vote. They don't know where their mail is going to come next. I mean, where are you going to get? You live under a bridge, okay? You don't have an identification. You have no money. Where? How are you going to vote? What, what ward do you live in? You're being evicted today, and, 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 and you don't know where you're going to live next week. Are you going to vote? But the people in the safety needs who are treading water, they are angry, rightfully so, and they, some of them, have time to vote. And I would say that quite a few, I think, this is outside of my purview of expertise. But there's a lot of angry people in America, and it's because they're in that safety needs, a Maslow hierarchy of needs, where they're, they're, they're making less money, they, they're, um, they don't feel safe, they don't, like their property values are going down, they're just angry. And so they do vote. Now, but those people live in a house, okay? They live in a house, and they typically don't get evicted all that often. The difference between level one of physiological needs and then the next level safety needs is entire universes of difference, okay? You can vote in the safety needs, and may I say, that's how we got Donald Trump. Because people are pissed. Because they're in that safety needs world. And they are terrified that they're going to slip down into the previous area of which they have many friends and maybe were once there themselves. I know many, many people who have risen out of homelessness and become Trump supporters. Because they're terrified. <laughs> they're terrified of slipping back into the hellhole of physiological needs. They know it. They see it coming. They can smell it. And so they're pissed because the rich people are at the next level. 
And the bubbles above, love and belonging, and friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection, esteem, which is self-respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, and then self-actualization, desire to become the most that one can be. Those people tend to vote liberal. I'm making this up as I go. What do you think? <laughs> it's that kind of show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm making it up as I go. They aren't worried about being evicted. They have good jobs. They're executives. They went to college. Um, they got cars that run. They have a fancy house. And they have time to think about things like clean air, renewable energy. And meanwhile, the people below them and the safety needs are losing jobs because the love and belonging people are like, coal is dirty. And the safety need people are like, coal is feeding my family. And that makes them mad. Rightfully so. <laughs> Did you watch that show on Netflix? What was that show, honey? The, the Platform? The Platform. You watch that? That's what this is. This is exactly what it is. It's a Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The top platforms get all the perfect food. The bottom platforms get nothing. You see? And they don't care about the people below them. And the people below them don't care about the people above them. We're seeing this happen in, 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 in New York City right now. All these rich liberals are pissed off because some hotels have decided to shelter homeless people. They're pissed. Well, these people are mentally ill and have addictions. Yeah, damn straight. They're living in the dirt at the bottom level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You're in love and belonging and esteem and self-actualization, and you can't take one second to imagine what it must be like to live on the streets of, 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 of New York City? <laughs> this is America. We live in our own little platform level, and we don't have the care or ability to think about anybody above or below us. And so liberals hate on Donald Trump and bootlickers because they can't for one second understand the needs and, and, and desperation that those people are experiencing. So who's worse? You are, you liberals, I don't know if I'm going to tell you my politics. It's more fun not to. You could guess. Uh, you liberals, if there's any liberals, listen, I don't know who's going to listen to this. Who's listening to this? Nobody. Not even my wife. The only reason my wife's listening is because she's eating lunch quietly over in the dining room and she has no, because of coronavirus, she can't escape. Like the only person. I don't even care. Me and Audacity, we're fine over here. I'll just talk to my computer all day. You liberals are in the love and belonging, esteem, and self actualization categories, and you have no idea 
what it's like to live in the safety needs category. Personal security, employment, resources, health, and property. They're losing all of that, and it's being taken away by rich liberals. Of course they're mad. It makes perfect sense. And then you look at, like, you know, uh, what is it, white supremacists, these, these good boys, bad what Proud boys. Proud boys. Good boys. That's a puppy dog. The proud boys. They're pissed that, ev- that, 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 that rich liberals care about everybody except poor white people. So, of course, they're going to be walking around all pissed off because they're like, you hate Christians, you hate coal workers, you hate in, in, in corporate uh, farmers, you hate uh, industrial fishermen, you hate all of us. But you love Muslims, you love the people on the border, you love everybody else except your own country people that are on the way down. Doesn't it make sense? When are we going to be able, as a species, to have a modicum of empathy for people that are not us? I mean, thank God for 2020. And I'm not talking about the show. I haven't watched that in a long time. Is that still on? 2020. 2020. I would hope they were still on, um, especially in the year of 2020. Um, if you haven't learned empathy at least a little bit in the year 2020, I got to say you are hopeless. Right now, now I'm recording this on Friday, October 2nd. This went out, this is going to go out on Saturday, October 3rd. I just found out that Donald Trump has coronavirus. Okay? Now, isn't that interesting? Because it gives you an opportunity, everyone, it gives everyone an opportunity to decide for themselves until you watch the news today and they'll tell you how to think, because that's what you do. You're like, I don't know how to think. I'm going to turn on MSNBC. I'm going to turn on Fox News. And then they'll tell, me, uh, they'll tell me how to think, and then that's what I will think. Before you do that, if you haven't, well, you already did. Never mind. But I haven't because I'm in the past. Okay? And besides, hey, I get it. I don't, I don't need to. You can start to see it on Twitter already, you know. People are like, I told you so, you know, and I don't know what the conservatives are going to say. Like, I'm kind of interested. Like, um, you know, there's definitely people that believe coronavirus is a hoax. Will they take it a little more seriously now that the president and his wife have coronavirus? But what I want you, what I want to, you to ask is how emotionally do you feel? Are you saying, if you're, you know, like a, an anti-Trump person, are you saying, good, I'm glad he got it? 
if you are pro-Trump, I would imagine you're you're sad, right? Because you're like, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe our president has coronavirus. I mean, some people I already read are, are, have a conspiracy theory that, that he was lying. Like, that's liberals for you. He's not lying. He's not lying about coronavirus. He has coronavirus. Um, I think I'm more interested in liberals. This gives you an opportunity to maybe find a little bit of compassion for those people you love to call bootlickers. Because we're into 30 days into their campaign that uh, the polls are saying, I thought I can believe polls, I'm, I don't know, that he is not doing well. And so they're concerned, there was probably some worry and concern about that. And now he is going to be, it's not even quarantined, I think isolated is the word now. He has to be isolated for at least two weeks. And we're into the last month of the election. We have to learn empathy. We have to learn why people love Donald Trump. If you can't do that, you are no better than anybody you're condemning. If you use the phrase bootlicker, you are no better than the people you are condemning. You are just as hateful, you're just as myopic, you are just as closed-minded. We all must learn empathy for people that we don't understand and don't particularly like. And what I'm here to tell you is the people I think that support Trump are in that safety level of Maslow's hierarchy of need, whereas the Bernie Sanders people that are just like, we need more, you know, like, like, can you, okay, I love it, I love liberals how they're like, they're voting against their own uh, interests. Well, there you go. Why don't you play a little, uh, 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 um, like, game and imagine why you, they are voting against their own interests, as you say. Because they're not. They're voting against people that they see that hate them. Do you understand? They think you hate them. And are they wrong? Are they wrong? I think they make a pretty good case that, yeah, you do hate them. You judge them and you call them bootlickers. And meanwhile, you sit up above them on your platform driving your electric cars and doing your fancy yoga and they 
are going deeper and deeper down the ladder while you judge them. Do you understand? Now, you might be surprised. I thought we were going to talk about homelessness. This is all about homelessness. Because everybody hates the homeless. Everybody hates the homeless. And if you say you don't hate the homeless and you are in New York City raising GoFundMe cash for lawyers to throw the homeless out of your neighborhood, you are a condescending, hypocritical liar. It's easy for you to sit around saying, oh, the homeless need rights, the homeless deserve rights, when you sit in your fancy neighborhood and have never even talked to a homeless person. You can't just theoretically support the homeless because let me tell you something. I built a tent village on my property behind a Catholic church. 50 people that had nowhere else to live, I put them on my property. And we had rules, we had laws, we had um, a democratically elected tri-council, we had security, we had everything. And you know who shut us down? The Catholic Church. The Catholic Church! You know why? Because it's bad for business. Having homeless people that close is bad for business. Theoretically, they love the poor, like Jesus told them to, but when the poor actually show up and the rich suburban uh, parishioners roll in on their Mercedes and Audis, we got real problems. Don't be stupid, Sage. The Catholic Church was the primary person that shut us down. Because they're hypocrites. They're liars. They care about the poor in theory only. Look at all the churches. How many homeless people are they sheltering? None. None. We could end homelessness today if the churches would just do what they're supposed to do. You know why they don't? Because of money. Because the rich old people that show up and pay the bills for their fancy building would be shocked and outraged. Why even bother pretending that you're a Christian? All you are is a money-grubbing whore. You're a whoring out the name of Jesus. It's that kind of show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> If I don't personally offend you within this hour, I haven't done my job. I got, I got anger for everybody. Everybody. Because we are all guilty. 
We are all guilty. We live in the richest country in the history of humanity, and there are people, human freaking beings, living on our streets. Living on our streets. I have seen homeless people freezing to death in front of abandoned buildings that they are not allowed to go in. I have seen homeless people freezing in front of empty, heated parking garages that they close, they shut them out. There's nobody in them. They're only used during the day. Nobody's in there. It's a heated parking garage, and people are not allowed in them. We are all guilty. You cannot possibly, possibly say that you support homeless people and live the way you live. Now, do some people care about homeless people? Yeah, of course. Look, homeless people are my cause, okay? And I'm not doing enough. I'm not fighting hard enough. This is a crime against humanity. These crimes that we inflict on our fellow American citizens defy every, every law in the Geneva Conventions everywhere. This is the great American tragedy. This is passive genocide. There are no words that are too extreme for what is going on in America with homelessness in 2020. And we are all culpable. Me included. I am not doing enough. How do we live with ourselves as this travesty exists in every city from coast to coast? You know how we do it? We judge them. That's how we do it. They're drug-addicted losers. They should get a job. Well, aren't you a frickin' genius? Thank God you've arrived on the spot to solve homelessness. Has it ever occurred to you that these people living at the bottom level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs are not ravaged by, by, by um, tra trauma? They are experiencing existing trauma. They are experiencing post-trauma from their childhood, from the, the very existence of being homeless. How dare you sit above them as you do on your level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and say anything condescending to them? Anything. Because the only people that are doing wrong are us. They are living exactly the way they're supposed to be living. That's how you live when you live in hell.
That is what it looks like. It looks like addiction. It looks like mental illness. It looks like shitting on the sidewalk. Am I allowed to swear? I don't even know. I don't even know. I got to find out. And you're appalled? You're appalled at them? I'm appalled at you for having the garish audacity to say anything to these people that are living in a, a rotten hell on earth in the most rich country this world has ever seen. I condemn you. So that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. It's just going to be me yelling at you. So tune in for that. That's going to be fun. It's going to be good fun. I mean, maybe I'm not going to I got a lot out now. I feel better. The point is, I'm setting the stage for where we are today. Okay? We are all living on platforms. And every platform that is not homeless is a higher platform than the homeless. And they have nothing except our scorn and judgment. That's what we give them. That's what we're feeding them. You can't come into our uh, shelter because you're on drugs. Well, yeah, no, dumb on drugs. I'm dying out here. You'd be on drugs too. Oh, you can't come in here. You're a drunk. Yeah, I'm drunk. It's a nightmare. People steal my stuff constantly. I'm worried to death I'm going to be murdered out here. It's freezing to death. You better be right. I'm drunk. I wish I was drunker. Well, you can't come in. You can't come in here. You can't. You can't. You need to follow our rules. You know, if you would just follow the rules, we wouldn't have a problem. Follow the rules? How about you follow the rules of basic humanity, mother effer? How about you realize we're dying out here on the street and you, you look down your nose at us and you do everything in your power to make us disappear? The only people that are misbehaving is everybody except the homeless. How dare you? Here, let me get you some news. Let me get you a little news. Hold on. Uh, all right, here. Let's see. Um, so an hour ago, here, I'm going to get you this. This is on World Socialist Website. I don't know what that is. Sudden forced eviction of Tennessee encampment leaves 50 homeless inhabitants struggling to find shelter. A plan to develop a site of a decades-old homeless encampment, decades old, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, has led to the forced displacement of its approximately 50 inhabitants. The eviction takes place as temperatures in the state are beginning to drop and the COVID-19 pandemic continues to rage unabated. And incidentally, the CDC has specifically said that we are to keep homeless people in place for the safety of our entire community. Have you heard the president has coronavirus? 
On Tuesday, September 29th, inhabitants of the campsite were abruptly met with bulldozers and excavators because that's how they do it. That's what they do with homeless people's stuff. They bulldoze it into a trash bin, along with police, of course, and given as little as five minutes to collect their belongings and vacate the premises. You tell me that meets any, any kind of law. How do you believe that could possibly be illegal? The partially wooded lot, located approximately 10 minutes from downtown Chattanooga, has been vacant for at least two decades in his well-known location in the community. While plans begin developing the lot, which is owned by Walter A. Wood Supply Company, were no doubt in place for weeks, if not months, inhabitants of the site indicate they received no warning of the plant company's plans. In addition, the various outreach groups and nonprofits who had a long history of intervening in the camp were left scrambling to address the sudden displacement of the camp's inhabitants. Part of the reason for this is the company neglected to file for the necessary permits to begin development catching the city itself off guard. But hey, they're rich, so whatever. It's fine. Patricia Rector, a longtime inhabitant of the site, told the Chattanooga Times Free Press, they didn't tell us. I have lived here 20 years, and they don't give me any notice before taking away my home. She is not exaggerating. They are stealing her stuff. Crystal Ellis, who's been living at the camp for a year and a half, also speaking to the Free Time Press, said that the police wouldn't let us get our tents. They wouldn't let us get half of our stuff, and they never gave us any warning. Scarlett Newsom, a wheelchair-bound amputee who'd been living at the site for three months, noted that she'd been given just minutes to exit the site. An amputee living in the dirt. How do we write that in our heads? At what point in our psychology, in, in, on the progression of human development, do we feel this is just? This is a crime against humanity in America against Americans. COVID-19 pandemic exacerbated the already precarious position of the homeless population in the U.S. Incidentally, isn't it interesting how the police showed up, even though that guy didn't uh, uh, do the right permits, they'll come and protect him, but they will not protect the homeless. Why? Because they don't like the homeless. Nobody likes the homeless. COVID-19 pandemic has exasperated the already precarious position of the homeless population in the U.S., not only in terms of health, which was already suffering, but in access to much-needed social services such as housing. Because I don't know if you know or not, but we're supposed to be social distancing. Many shelters have reduced their intake to allow for social distancing. See? Such as the Chattanooga Rescue Mission, which capped its men's shelter from 46 to 35 residents. I don't know if you saw or not, 50 people lived up here, okay? And not just men. This issue stands to worsen as the economic crisis resulting from the pandemic sends more and more people into throes of destitution and city and state budgets are slashed to the bone. Homelessness is going to get worse. 
This is not just some sort of blip. We have created this epidemic ourselves. Late-stage capitalism has created this. And we continue to condemn the people that we have inflicted this torture on. It's probably the part I hate the most. That we judge the victim. We blame the victim. It's really an American specialty to blame the victim. And we do it all the way down the platforms. However, even before the pandemic set in, the lack of affordable housing had been a severe issue in Chattanooga and the entire country, by the way. 2016, the Chattanooga City Council passed a controversial tax break which required developers to make at least half of their rental units affordable. In return, developers received a 10-year freeze on property taxes for new construction or 14 years for rehabilitating existing sites. According to the city, affordable housing was meant for those who earn up to 80% of the area's median income. In 2018, this was listed by the U.S. Census Bureau as $43,964. Okay, 80% of the median income, $43,000, in order to qualify for rural housing, therefore, uh, one can make up to $35,000 a year. A report published on August 31st by Zumper, a rental search website, revealed that the city had experienced a 15.9% year-over-year increase in rent from one-bedroom apartments, with the average costing $950 a month in Chattanooga. Is that even a place? Yeah. I'm not trying to badmouth Chattanooga, but can you imagine Chattanooga's $950? Akron's like $850. Probably it's $900 now. Uh, two, a full, oh, boy. For two-bedroom rentals, the year-over-year -year increase was 15% with an average cost of $1,070. A comment posted by a worker on Facebook in response to the evictions of Chattanooga, which was received near, uh, nearly 100 likes, underscores just how closely connected high housing costs are with homelessness. He wrote... I lived in a tent for a few months many years ago when I first came to Chattanooga. I had a job, and I could not afford to find a place until I got established here. Nothing to be proud of, but it's what I had to do to get started and get money back to my family. I was near a family of four in a similar tent, struggling but doing their best to stay together and survive. These people are not homeless, he noted. Those tents were their homes. That's the deal. Not good homes, not at all, especially when it gets cold, but they were homes and they were a place to survive. Now they'll have to start her again or they won't because they can't. How does this happen in America? But this is not special to Chattanooga. This isn't just an outrage that Chattanooga's doing. This is America. We can do whatever we want in America to people below us. Because you know why? Because money reigns supreme. The people with the money get to make the rules. The less money you have, the less rights you have. And that is the American dream. It has turned into a nightmare. More and more people, the American dream is an American nightmare. Because if you're on a lower rung, 
you don't matter as much as people on a higher economic rung. That's it. That's the whole deal. Okay? So look. This was great. <laughs> Do you feel, uh, are you still here? <laughs> I bet somebody is. I bet somebody made it this far. Look, I don't hate people. In fact, I am trying in a very bizarre way to connect people. To make us realize that we all have value in our country. All of us. And homeless people, most of all, want to be contributing members of society. They don't like living in the dirt, feeling shamed and hated. They hate it. They don't like taking handouts. But they're so destitute that they need to. Otherwise, they will die. Okay? That's the truth. Everything that's going on in America is a symbol for something else. If you don't wear a mask because of coronavirus, you are being hateful and hurtful to people whose health is precarious. If you don't care about Black Lives Matter, you are being hateful and hurtful to an entire race of people that have been brutalized and murdered at the hands of police. So before you go around blaming people and judging, you need to do a better job, we all need to do a better job of shutting up and listening for a little bit. Okay? That's the beauty of this show. You're sitting here, you just got a brain full of this mess. But look, ultimately, this comes from a place of hope and love. If I didn't believe in this, I wouldn't spend the energy. Homelessness is a crime. It is a crime against humanity, and it must end. We must stop seizing people's homes. We must Give them a place to live. Everyone, no matter their economic position or addiction or mental health situation, must have a place they can live. And I'm talking with their stuff, with their spouse, and with their pets. Okay? They have a right to human dignity, of which we have stolen from them. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That does it for today. Tune in next week when I yell at you about something else. I mean, who doesn't want to miss that? All right, everybody. I love you. I'll see you next time.